Are we ever going to entertain you? And that's the intro that we want to hear. Uh, a little bit of Robbie Williams there, but that's what we're all about. We're just here to entertain because yet again, you're listening to the two smoking guns. And as always, and yet again, my great mate's on the other side of the desk with all of the buttons. We've sort of, he's, he's shrunk down a bit. He used to have this great big panel in front of him. And now he's just got a laptop. I'm downsizing. <laughs> mate, aren't you ever? It, it, it's a bit like, you know, when those... Those uh, supercomputers first came out yes. in the 60s. Yes. They're about as big as this warehouse, yeah, I, right? I, oh, mate, I could fly this laptop to the moon. <laughs> exactly. Hello to you, Rutsu. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm still great. getting used to that Robbie soundtrack. It's yeah, sort know. of a bit off-putting after many years <laughs> of, the, of the same thing of there. The waves. I know, I thought I'm we, getting a bit too old for we, change. We, we had to put on the... We just decided to put on the bench a bit, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, so, well, anyway. we can always come back at a suit. Well, I might surprise right. you at some point. You never yeah, know. you never know. Well, I'll tell you what, old mate... Um, I've got more stories than Ian Blyton this week. Ian Blyton is a name I haven't heard for a long time. Yes. She, um, of, the, she of the famous five and the secret yeah, seven. Oh, something like that. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, the infamous eight or the terrible nine or yeah. whatever, whatever she wrote. Mate, I've got to tell you, but I found a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I'm going to go through things like uh, it, there's a whole bunch of blokes that were incarcerated right. a number of years ago. Yes. I'm going to have to be very careful. Yes, I've, I've had a word to Bufty Tufty out the back, right, Good. just before we came on air. So there's going to be no names, no pack drill, no addresses. Uh, everything's alleged, um, other than the fact these blokes uh, are actually incarcerated. But they're all coming out. Very, very scared about this story. Um, but yeah. anyway. So uh, there's a bit about that. There's, uh, I'm going to talk about a whale. I'm going to talk about soup, guitars, pizza, uh, space that I know you like. And I've got a scary piece. I oh, know. You told me earlier. <laughs> that's very scary. And then I, uh, well, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to open, I'm going to open up with this then. Because um, you know I like Malunix. Yeah, uh, and, and he's a bit left of centre. Left, yeah, a bit left. <laughs> left. Um, so uh, th- this week's little piece that I found it, it was entitled "The Meaning of Life." Oh, very good, Monty right. Python. Um, the shinier the car, the drearier the driver. Nice. The drearier the driver, the shinier the car. <laughs> yeah. The driver's own interior gets eerier and eerier. When the polish is inferior, and that's the way we are. Very <laughs> oh, quirky. Could, could you decipher any of that for me? Kinda. Uh, so if I uh, so if I've got a clean car, I'm dreary. Yes. If I'm dreary, I've got a shiny car. Yes. Um, and the rest, I just haven't got a clue. No, no, <laughs> no. Very good. no well, that's about the level of. Anyway, what are you going to regale us with today, well, my friend? Well, I've got a bit of this. Mm. Because it sounds like David Attenborough is going to pop out any moment. No, it's it's the silence of critic crickets because <laughs> crickets or crickets crickets right. Uh, Big Ben, it's stopped. Uh, oh, Big Ben. Oh, it's pulled up stopped. stumps. Pulled, no, stopped. Stopped. It's ground to a halt this week. Right. The clock stopped working. Or oh, there's four clock faces. Yes, they stop working. Yes. No bells. No bells. No bells. Just this. Crickets. So what's happened is uh, they've they've thought it, it's a bit bit of a time for a maintenance plan for the haven't for, they for the just big ben. been working on the damn thing for about the last seven years? Well, they're just the scaffs just come down. They've been it, doing it for months. 
Right. And they've spent $150 million getting the clock and the bells working and properly. And for- somebody forgot to wind it. Well, <laughs> yeah, right. That would be a big key, wouldn't it? So <laughs> that um, key. the stoppages are part of the bedding-in process, oh, apparently. Oh, bedding-in. Oh, you've got to bed Big Ben in, You've got to bed it in. <laughs> you've got to bed him in. Uh, after they did refurbish the Elizabeth Tower. Yeah, right. I right. was called the Elizabeth, Elizabeth Tower. Tower. It took five years. It was paid yeah, there for, you go. Paid it for by the taxpayer, yeah. of course, like everything in Britain. And good luck if you're a tourist in the last five years and you wanted to go see Big yeah. Ben that was covered in scaffolding. <laughs> well done. Covered in scaff. <laughs> so uh, they were disconnected to allow for a mechanism to be serviced, but it was oiled and the weights were increased to the original settings and now it's... Tickety boo. Oh, it's back on. Back on. Oh, all good. Well, it says time uh, stops for no man, but clearly it did. <laughs> it did. It did for Big Ben. <laughs> for Big Ben. Now hey, the other know, thing. Just, just, sorry, just think about that. It'd be like um, going to Paris. Yeah. And the Eiffel Tower being covered in scaff. scaff. Yeah. It'd be like coming to Melbourne and the MCG was closed. Yeah. yeah true. <laughs> true. It'd be like, we're, so we're, we like going to the pyramids you and go finding, to Barcelona and you can't get into the Sagrada Familia. Yeah, yeah. or, or go, go to you Egypt. Go. go to Egypt and find out that they've painted the pyramids pink. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's pretty iconic, Big Ben. Well, when I, you think well that's about what it. I mean, yeah. right? So people will be going, fantastic! I'm going to London. I'm going to go and see the. I'm going to go and see Big Ben. I'm going to go and see the the wheel thing, and oh, you know, I'm going to go to the Oval. It's called the Eye. The Eye. It is. Mm. I've been on the Eye. I've been on the in, Eye in London. Yes. Yes. I have. Um, anyway, anyway, go, um, so. in the week that was though, there's a couple of other things. There's uh, there's a lovely story. Did you know they're making another Indiana Jones movie? Oh, I tell you what, I'm I'm an unabashed Indiana fan, and. Guess yeah. who's starring in it still? Uh, well, it's got to be old mate. I'd old imagine. mate Harrison Ford yeah. at age. Yeah, want to take a guess? Yeah, Eighty. Eighty. No, I, I have to fess that I, I did read the article. Um, My but there was, but God, then, he's cracking the whip one more time as this year's most anticipated blockbuster, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, yes. had its world premiere this week. The star who has vowed this will be the last time he dons the famous fedora. Sure thing. He'll probably make another one when he's 85. (laughs) Um, He he got an award at the Cannes Film Festival. He got an honorary palm door. And he said he's very moved, but he couldn't tell because his face didn't move. (laughs) Um, There's not a lot of lines on that forehead. No, no. The... the release, which is in late June, yep. much anticipated yep. by my co-host Scotty, yep. who loves yep. Annie, yep. Indiana Jones. I do, I must say. It, uh, it de-ages the 80-year-old by several decades using effects that ate up much of its $294 million budget. Isn't makeup expensive, so folks say? So. <laughs> so he's effectively an AI robot. <laughs> yeah. In well, the they, film. they probably could have made an AI robot of him for half that price. For half that price, <laughs> correct. Well, do you know his first film, and this is remarkable, was in 1981. Yeah. When we were yeah, just young good. men. We were young men. Yep. And that was Raiders of the Lost Ark, of course. Yep. Great film. Yeah, I'm a magnificent film. Steven Spielberg. Yep, yep. All very good. Yep. So, um... The Radio Times gave it four stars, saying yeah. it was an enjoyable old-school action-adventure romp. I so, reckon it's one they can't get too far wrong. I think it's a bit like the Star Wars franchise. Oh, you correct. Know, just, you know, they just they, roll out the yeah. same story and just put it in a different location, have them hunt for something a bit special that's yep. kind of mystical and Holy Grail-like. Yep. 
and uh, Bob's your uncle. Well, I'll tell you what, it's interesting because the uh, the article's got a picture of him and uh, and said wife, Callista Flockhart. Yeah. I always um, thought Callista was a medical condition, well, but apparently well, it's... Well, no. <laughs> apparently it's I, not. I thought it was something you used to kill rabbits, but <laughs> <clears throat> apparently not. Um, but that's the second time I've seen them as a couple uh, referenced this week because, in fact, I came across an article, um, which is probably fairly rare in that... It talked about all the couples in Hollywood that are still together and right. how long they've been together. Uh-huh. Now, these two, are, as far as memory serves, these two have been together for about 18, 19 years. Well, it's pretty good. So, um, you know, he's gone and had a dalliance with her at age 60. Well done. Nice pickup. Nice pickup there. Um, now he's 80. Then, yeah. But there was a whole bunch of them that were, um, that were quite remarkable in terms of... Um, how long they'd been with their partners. There were quite a number that were in the 30-plus year category. Well, it does happen, Scotty. Well, well, I understand that, but we are talking about Hollywood. We are, I know, but they don't all get divorced. No, I get that, but it was was actually sort of a a nice story to read. Another one one that that caught my eye on the week that was this week was TikTok has been banned in Montana. Oh. Now, a lot of good things come out of Montana, including yes. our, oh. our favourite television show. <laughs> yes. But it's the first US state to outlaw TikTok as pressure grows for a national ban on the Chinese-owned yeah. social media no, no, app. I get it. The Republican governor of Montana, Greg Giafonte, said the legislation underscored the state's priority to protect Montanans from the Chinese Communist Party surveillance. Well, so it actually po- po- poses, poses, poses a big problem for Apple, Google and all these dudes to remove TikTok for people that are Montana users. Yeah, and of course the problem is it's not so much uh, the app, it's the interest in the app Correct. because it's the phone with all of its algorithms and all the funky stuff that it can do hmm. can listen to you, look at you, know where you are and tell you what time you're going to drop a Rossi heart even. Um, <laughs> a right uh, Yeah, so nice um, I would imagine that they're saying it's too popular and therefore we need to ban it because, yes, they can get hold of all sorts of information about you and uh, start to manipulate they the go way... go on to say the that the, the law works. can be avoided if TikTok splits from its Chinese owners and is based instead in a different country. I don't well, know that's going to change too much. Well, yeah. I- can't ever see that changing, can you? <laughs> no. Oh, hang on. We'll just franchise it, will yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody can have a piece of it. I don't think so. So um, that, was, that was kind of the week that was for me, Scotty. Yeah, well, uh, we uh, might move to our new segment. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, over to you, you've got a... You've got a lovely story about whales. I you, well, you, well, it, well, you'd think that normally... Not, not the country. No, not... No, this Where one's got Tom a, Jones comes correct. from. Uh, no, this one's That's got... That's why a, I played this it. This one's got an H in it. Oh, this is the fish. This is the fish ah, version. Okay. Um, and killer whales in particular. Oh, so these yeah, are the black yeah. and white ones that are very grumpy most you. of the time. The orcas. Well, yeah, Exactly. Um, so, uh, killer whales appear to be teaching their young to attack boats in Europe. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> Multiple eyewitnesses report there have been dozens of orca attacks in the Strait of Gibraltar since 2020 in which the beasts ram boats, targeting their rudders and causing serious damage. 
Scientists now think one traumatised orca may have sparked the phenomenon. It may have endured a critical moment of agony, mm-hmm. believed to be either a collision with a vessel or some sort of entrapment, then went on the attack. And now it's, on, now it's in revenge mode. Now it's gone mode. rogue. It's gone it's revenge gone Alfredo Lopez Fernandez, oh, what a very great good, name. Very good Isn't name. Isn't that a very good name? A biologist. Oh, of course he is. <laughs> At the University of Aveiro in Portugal said, the traumatised orca is, one, uh, is the one that started this behaviour of physical contact with the boat. Even orca families are now doing this on purpose. Well, I reckon... Well, I'll tell you where I reckon I'm coming from with this. I reckon they've gone past the boat, these boats. And seen a whole bunch of people dressed up in wetsuits, those black wetsuits, right? Yeah. The big thick ones that they wear in sort of European waters get yeah. a bit cold. And I reckon they've gone, they're seals. Yeah. So I reckon they've gone... Straight through the boat. They're food. Yeah, straight through the so boat. So no wonder they're attacking these boats, mate. They're trying to make them sink because they think a whole lot of seals are going to jump into the water and they're going to eat them. They're going to be people. They probably just think the boats are a fast food delivery well, service for Well, yeah, them. exactly. Just like the... You just know, like little, Deliveroo. The, the, like a little takeaway truck. Well, here comes some more yeah. tasty morsels. Delivered straight to Delivered, us. We just, How did they find us out here? We just need to hang here <laughs> and these people are going to feed us. Oh, you know so, what I'd say to those people who've got the boats? Take your wetsuit off for a start. Nah, you're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> you're going to need a bigger boat. Isn't that one of the great lines of a, of a movie? It you is. know, it's, we're going to need a, a bigger, bigger boat. boat. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what the else. Other thing, there's, other, there's two words you mentioned in that story. Sorry to yeah, stay no, on it. No, go. When you link the words traumatised and killer whale. Yeah. That's quite a disturbing yeah. sort of uh, vision that appears in my mind. I don't think whoever invented those words meant for them to go together ever. No. Yeah. It's quite a scary prospect. Yeah, that's no, a very, very scary prospect. But... Um, no, they, uh, these are as smart as all get out, these whales, because yeah. I, I don't know if you've seen any of the sort of National Geographic shows, but... Oh, I have. When they... They, they hunt yes. in packs. They do. And they find these poor little seals, uh, or big seals sometimes, sitting on a, you know, a, a big sheet of ice, a floating sheet of ice, yeah. and they just start ramming this thing to break it up. Do you know what they do? From though? underneath. Because I watched they the just... David Attenborough one. They go and they flip their tails in, in sync and yep. send a wave that's so powerful yes. it either flips them off or yes. cracks the ice. Yeah, up. correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, they've got, they've got ways and means that um, are very. And maybe that's why they try and train them because they're pretty smart and they can be trained. But everyone I've heard that's been trained is eventually eating their handler. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, there's been a lot of stories about handlers that have not done well with killer whales. Guess what? Try a dolphin. Yeah. Try, try training horses oh. instead or something. Hey, um, this is right up your alley. Music, music, music. Oh, nice, alert. beautiful. Nice, like um, Right up your alley. Uh, I want you to have a crack at this for me. I don't know if you... Did you see the article about... Uh, a guitar that once was owned by Kurt Cobain. Oh, in passing. Did you? Yes. Uh, a guitar smashed on stage by Nirvana frontman Kurt Cobain has sold for, have a stab. Oh, a million? Well, you're pretty good. Am so 600,000 US. Really? 900,000. Ten times wow. its original estimate. That's amazing. So ten times its original estimate, not ten times what it costs the, uh, for, to buy it to begin with. 
Um, the busted black Fender uh, Stratocaster has been put back together but is no longer playable, according to Julian's auctions. It will be signed by all three members of the Seattle Grunge Outfit. The auction house that expected the instrument to sell for about 60000 US um, at the event in front of a live audience at the Hard Rock Cafe. Instead, it went for an astounding 595000 US. The man was angry, and you could feel that on stage. Uh, and you would feel that way uh, by the way he would treat his instruments. Yeah, he used to mangle, um, his, mangle his instruments. So, yeah. So, anyway, that's... Um, that's a lot of coin for a guitar, isn't it? Oh, yeah. They inspired much devotion, though, the Nirvana band. Yeah, no, 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 I get it. But well, I think I get it. It's, But that's a lot of coin for... But, you know, how many people can say they've got a Kurt Cobain guitar, I guess? Maybe... True, well, not many. Well, well, there were none left because <laughs> well, he, he smashed, smashed them all, right? <laughs> so they had to put one back together in order to sell it. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd be buying a fret. <laughs> yeah, d- just use a bit of duct tape. <laughs> Whack it back together. <laughs> exactly. Righto. Uh, well, we got. What have you got for? Well, you, look, it, surely. Come on. Yes, my what favourite journalist. Yes. Our favourite journalist. Yes. Susie O'Brien, the Susie. little paper. She's done a bit on slang, and uh, I love it. Right. So I'm just going to sort of quote directly from her because she writes. Brilliantly. Yes, she does. We love her writing. Crikey, it's time for all the Bonzer Bogan Sheila mates at the Barbie wearing their sunnies in the nutty to start shoving brekkie in their cake holes. <laughs> imagine, now, imagine going to the US yeah. or to Germany yeah. and standing in the middle of the street with a megaphone yeah. and just reciting that. So look, there's a lot of great opening. There's a lot of great opening lines to books over the years. That's true. You know, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times, etc. Yep. But that opening line, crikey, it's time for all the Bonzerberg and Sheila mates at the Barbie wearing their sunnies and the nutty to start shoving brekkie in their cake holes. That's just magnificent. He's up there. So um, the article is about a new survey um, that talks about. Uh, Aussie slang that annoys people the most. Oh, now, I reckon I did hear uh, some of this the other day. So anyway. the survey goes that uh, what apparently that sentence contains a lot of the yes. words that are uh, triggering. Well, for, I heard one of the people. Uh, people don't like Sheila. Sheila, apparently, yeah. is one of them. Yes. Well, we don't use that. Oh, so really? Sheila's one that bugged people the most, but yeah. I haven't heard it used for quite nah, a while. You very rarely hear it used. Yeah, crikey is another. I reckon uh, John Elliott would the have been about the person last person to use that would have been Steve Irwin, the crocodile yeah, man, crikey. I reckon. <laughs> you know, crikey. Yeah, right when he was bitten about, by the yeah, stingray. I was say, about three seconds before he departed this earth. And apparently cake hole is pretty annoying as a, as a yeah. slang for mouth. Yeah, it is. Because well, the saying used to be shut your cake hole. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. So um, she's done, she, she did a straw poll of her office environment. Yes. And she, um, which she said in brackets, me walking around with a notepad, annoying people at deadline hour. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, saw um, the following as as um, ones that people didn't like: root rat. Oh yeah, yeah I haven't heard yeah. that for a long time either. Rack off. Rack off. As huh? in rack off, Norm, yeah, you and your mates. You and your mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, or at uh, rack off mole. With another <laughs> one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, huru. huru. Now that used to be a slang, you know, goodbye greeting or see you later. Yeah, uru. Huru. 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 Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, right. Apparently quite annoying. Yeah. Well, yep. again, another one I haven't... It, it, they're all fading away over time, it would seem. Time. I haven't heard that used a lot. And then a lot of people um, don't like Alf from Home and Away, oh, yeah. who no, for many years perpetuated the term Flame and Galahs yeah. and Stone the Crows. Stone the Crows. Yes, yeah. so he oh. did that. Um, slang that's outdated also... So Ted Bullpit. Well, we're getting to him. Hey? Oh, <laughs> Okay. I didn't know that, sorry. We are getting there. Spoiler alert. So the slang that's also outdated that tends to annoy people is, or give us the irrits. Give us the irrits. Remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Give us the irrits. Include terms like blimey oh. or cobber. Oh, yeah. Well, don't have Because no one anymore. uses no, those anymore. Nah. Right? They're shockies. Um, he said, though, if you go to America, he said terms, the following terms could get you in a bit of trouble because they have a double meaning. Yeah. Oh, fanny. Fanny, yeah. yeah. Rubber. Yeah. 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 Root. Yeah. 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 Thong. Yes. Yeah. Uh, tr- troubling. Yes. you got to watch those. Very. you yeah. got to watch those. Yeah. And the uh, other one that is troubling for Americans is uh, go and stick your head up a dead bear's bum. Oh. Apparently really? from the Barry McKenzie movies. Oh. Apparently right. gets people a little bit annoyed. Right. But... For you, my, yeah. my son. For you, my son. Yeah, this is a drum roll even. <laughs> we, 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 can, we can probably know. I've probably got a, probably got a drum roll. I, I just imposed. I've got one of those. Improved. <laughs> um, I, she says, I suspect many of the classic sayings of Ted, pickle me grandmother. Oh, pickle me grandmother. Bull pit. Wouldn't make it past the ABC censors these days. I don't reckon much of what he said would make it past. And we probably can't talk about too many of those. But uh, she finishes off by saying, cheerio, uru, and see you around like a result. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that caught my eye. I thought that was quite a lovely yeah. piece Well, um, uh, from our I good can friend. only, um, uh, which leads me to sort of think and share that um, I, the list now just gets longer by the day yeah. of all the shows that you could absolutely no longer put no, to air. No, um, Benny Hill, no, I Love yeah. Thy Neighbour. Yeah. Um, you probably couldn't even do Frank Spencer anymore. No, no, it wouldn't you get know, away with it. They, yeah, couldn't you know, do it. Unless it was a rainbow flag or something. Or, oh, dear, um, come on. I, I don't know. But, yeah. um, but Dick Emery, yeah. you know, no, and they're all, all no good. those shows. They're all you, no good. Number 96? You couldn't do that. Yeah. You could. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I was going to do, because uh, I think I promised you that I would have a rant every week. Yeah. No, well, hang on. We're not up to that oh, yet. Oh, we're not there yet. No, oh, not, at, not, not at rant level. level. Oh, not, not at rant not level. Not at rant level. I've got a, before we go to I'm rant. Up, I'm up for it. <laughs> I've got a, another thing that caught my eye yeah, um, right this on. week. Um, and this is New York. It's getting really heavy. New, New York. New York. The New Big York. Apple. It's getting heavy. Yes, did you I, see this? Yes, I did. I read the I read the whole article actually. So yes, I it did. Says that New York City may be sinking under the weight of all of its buildings, and yep. more in construction will make it worse. According to a report, the places that attempts to place the Big Apple on a metaphorical yep. set of bathroom scales. Uh, all right. The report purports that the city weighs about seven hundred and sixty-two million tons. Right. That includes the buildings only, not the roads, the bridges, the assorted lampposts and all that sort of stuff. Not a, not a good time for Jenny Craig to go billy up over there. And that's not adding <laughs> all of the people who 
a third of which are, you know, um, larger than average, yes. let's, let's, yes. let's say. Uh, full. The road's mass is more broadly distributed, said Tom Parsons, a geophysicist at the US Geological Survey who was the lead author on the paper. He said skyscrapers apply way more pressure because it's a lot of weight on a small footprint, yes. I, I assume. Yes. Broadly speaking, he said, New York, like other parts of the eastern seaboard, is subsiding yeah. at about one to two millimetres a year. So it's sinking. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's not as much as Venice. No, but it's that's not insignificant, is it? No, it's not insignificant, but um, he said the biggest problem with that is flooding, basement right. flooding and subway flooding. Right. So he said there's been, uh, since the hurricane, because I get a few of those, over there. Yeah, they do. The, um, they've exposed, exposed New York's vulnerability to flooding because it's surrounded by water. It'd be a pretty high water table. Yes. Arguably. Could imagine. Yeah. yeah. So um, they're going to have to stop. Well, not that they've got much room left. No. But they're going to have to stop building the big things. And if one of those tectonic plates happens to decide <laughs> that it's a bit look dirty and needs to look, move. Look at you, geophysicist. <laughs> tectonic um, now. You're going to be in trouble. Hey, I've got to tell you, I'll, uh, just you talk about areas that are sort of you know under pressure or... Uh, Nasty things might happen. I've got a I've got a mate of mine who's going to Italy. Yeah, uh, this very weekend, popular spot this weekend. Uh, other than the fact that there was a Grand Prix last weekend that was washed out oh, because it's a bit wet. It's very wet, is it? And there's a volcano oh, that's Etna. just erupted for the first that. time in about 120 I years. Yes, yeah. he's a bit nervous. The boy, yeah. um, <laughs> I just said, have you thought about going to Croatia? <laughs> <laughs> he's, um, yeah, he was. Uh, he's a bit taken aback by some of the natural disasters that are going on. Oh, that's okay. Um, Anyway, so he's he said, got to go go to the right areas, mate. Yeah, well, he just said, oh, "I guess we can. There's plenty of other places <laughs> in the world we can go if we need to." So I said, right "Yeah, on. back home." Yeah. I would have thought. All uh, right, now I do have a song for us to play. Yeah, yeah nice. So this one uh, this week, I thought I'd take you to uh, America. I'd take you to the Alabama, Alabama, down south, down south, cotton fields. Yeah, a guy called Jason Isbell. Now he used to be in a band called the Drive By Truckers. More of them another day because right. they're a, a bit of a favourite of mine, right. the drive-bys. The drive-bys. And uh, he's now out on his own and he's got a lovely song called 24 Frames and I know, you know, it's not your genre normally, Scotty, but I'm going to give you a bit of a run of this, this and, and see what you think. This is how you make yourself vanish into nothing And this is how you make yourself worthy of the love that she gave to you Back when you didn't know the beautiful thing And this is how you make yourself call your mother And this is how you make yourself closer to your brother Remember him back when he was small enough to help you sing You thought God was an architect now you know it's something like a pipe bomb ready to blow And everything you built, it's all for show Goes up in flames In 24 frames This is how you see yourself floating on the ceiling And 
go that's a little bit of jason isbel with 24 frames scotty i like that do you like uh, that yeah I, i'll tell you what i i like music where i can actually understand the words oh, well, so <laughs> all he's of, got a good voice all of james rain's earlier stuff no good uh, <laughs> <laughs> i know the title of those songs i just don't know the words to them and i no. don't know how you'd ever write them down if you can't decipher them no that's very good no he's uh he's a very talented young guy so uh, seek him out it's bit and, of a, uh, it's sort me... of a bit of country and western and a yeah, bit of look you know, it does it does i'm a bit of a sucker for that yeah that's good from, on occasion i like um i've become more partial to my country music over that's, the last that's that's age five ten years that's age yeah age is it okay <laughs> right. great okay now it is time for Now, this is the well, uh, this is a part of the show yeah. where normally we yeah. reserve this for Scotty's rant. Yes, well, I, I, in fact, I'm, I'm going to, um, I'm just going to uh, dance to the left a little bit today because instead of uh, you got to fight for your right, yes. I'm going to talk to you about the fright in the night. Oh, very good. <laughs> nice work. Uh, um, so, no, I don't have a rant uh, this week because I was completely encapsulated and uh, scared tishless yes. uh, when I read a little article in, uh, in a little glossy magazine that happened to be in one of the little papers recently. Um, but it was a great little publication, actually, because it was called Space. So it's, it's got a whole lot of stuff about areas you can go, places you can go and stay, walks you can go and do. But there was one page that did catch my eye uh, called Haunted Hotspots. Oh, here you go. So this is ghosts and ghoulies stuff and um, I'm just going to share sort of partial bits of a couple of places that if you're really looking for a fun night out, Rutsy, yes. um, you might want to add some of these to your list. Right. So let's start up in Beechworth. And I know you've been up to Beechworth. I've been to the jail there. So uh, there's a place called uh, Mayday Hills. I don't know if you came across those. I clearly imagine you didn't because you've came, you've come home sane. Yeah, well, okay. Um, high on the hill overlooking Beechworth, one of Victoria's decommissioned psychiatric oh, hospitals. I have a story around this. Right? Yes. Um, at its peak, Mayday Hills had six... 67 buildings was home to more than 1,200 patients. Yes, it was. Let's go back. Psychiatric hospital, yes, 1,200 yes. patients and 500 staff. Yes. 
After nearly 130 years of operation, officially shut 1995, you can visit um, during the day, but the spooks really come out at night. Opt for a ghost tour or paranormal investigation. So, I, I, I know where it is, and you can do ghost tours, but right. listen to this story that will chill you to the bone. Yeah, go on. So, we visited a winery next door to said mental, ex-mental institution. This one? This, this very one, same this thing when we were in Beechworth. Right. We're up there. There's a winery next to it, or it's where the vats are stored. Yep. And the guy said, um, there's been a lot of strange stuff happen when we opened the winery. Where we, We've got white wine only in these vats, right? We installed the <clears> vats. <throat> we bought the wine in from the vineyard. Yeah. For part of harvest, they go into the fermenting, fermenting tanks and yeah. we're all good. We've got the office here set up. I came in one morning. He said all the doors were open. Right. And he thought, I thought we'd been burgled, but nothing had been touched. Yep. But he said there was blood, or what looked like blood, spattered all over the vats. And I right. said, is it red wine? He said, there is no red wine here. Right. And we all went, can we leave now? Because <laughs> it was becoming dusk and really? it was a bit spooky. Really? And he said, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff goes on here. Yeah. Now, whether that's just part of his sales story or well, not, I'm not sure, but... I was a bit spooked. Well, I've got to tell you, because I, I, I think spooked. what I'm looking at here, oh, no, this is the Jolong Jail Museum. Uh, there's a place here. I don't even like the look of it, let alone want to go <laughs> in it. Um, here's another one for you, the Arrowdale Lunatic Asylum. Oh, great. This is better. This is in Ararat. Um, largest, Australia's largest abandoned lunatic asylum. You'll be immersed in the bizarre history, personal stories, brutal events that occurred during the asylum's 127 years of operation. Um, at its peak, it held 2,000 residents. More than 10,000 people have died here. Oh, 10,000. Bad karma. Yeah. Uh, and, those were sub- uh, uh, and those who were subjected to inhumane treatments mm. are thought to linger. Oh, no. Uh, here's another one. Another one in Ararat. Uh, I won't be going to Ararat anytime soon. Just they like, note, they note like to, them up the country. Note, <laughs> note uh, built 1860s, Jay Ward was a jail until 1880s. Then it became a psych facility for the criminally insane. Apparitions, orbs and ghostly figures are regularly seen and the spirits of prisoners buried in the grounds and the many uh, tortured souls who pass here are said to lurk in the shadows. Oh, I don't like lurking. <laughs> I don't like the Mate, term lurk. There's a few. You can go on the Ballarat Ghost Tour. Point Cook's got one. You can go to Lancefield. Um... I reckon there's half a chance you might have stayed here. You ever been to the Craig's Royal Hotel in Ballarat? Not sure if I've been there. Anyway, uh, or the Shamrock in Bendigo. I'm going to Ballarat. Shamrock in Bendigo? Well, I dare you to go and stay at Craig's Hotel. No, there. we're staying on a no. farm. Uh, <laughs> we're staying anywhere that's good. you go and have one beer at Craig's Hotel? I will. You? During For the you. day, For right? you, I will. Now, uh... Staying the night and waking up at 3am in one of Ballarat's most haunted and finest hotels to go on a ghost hunt is part of the paranormal investigation experience. Mm. Uh, Original owner Walter Craig, a mother and her child and a bespectacled gentleman are among the apparitions said to haunt this historic hotel once frequented by Sir Donald Bradman and Dame Nellie Melba. I will go there. 
I'm also going, Scotty, when I yeah. go up there, I'm going to Cryle Castle. Oh, you go to the castle? I'm going to the jousting. Oh, you go to the jousting. <laughs> you can stay at the castle now and see the jousting. Apparently you can. There's No, there's, I, I saw a little feature the other week. There's some very nice little sort of pop-up things that they've got up there. I'm going to Sovereign Hill too. <clears throat> oh, to the hill. I'm going to the hill. You go to the castle and the hill. I'm going to ye old lolly shop <laughs> to buy my body what? weight in boiled sweets. Where are you going? Oh, a couple of weeks' time. Rug up. Yeah, we'll she go. ain't warm in Ballarat this time. Terrific um, time. The last one I'm going to leave you yep. with is uh, the Dunley, uh, the the railway hotel in Dunley, uh, built in 1861. The railway hotel, of course, um, has a large cellar thought to be connected to a network of tunnels. Uh oh, <laughs> this is night stalker <laughs> stuff. A number of ghosts are believed to haunt the hotel, including the spirit of an old lady who doesn't like people. In the upstairs room or the cellar. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember when we were younger? Night Stalker. Night Stalker. Yeah. Oh. Just get the crap out of me. I used, to, I used to watch it from behind the couch. Oh, I used to watch it with two eyes closed. <laughs> yeah, right, with your hands over your eyes. <laughs> um, oh, very good, Scotty. Well, well I'll tell you, um, kind of, that might be a little segue if I may. More uh, scary stuff. Uh, well, this is actually probably even scarier. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and this is the piece where I have uh, spoken to Buffy Tuffy yes. at the back, hyphen uh, surname, and uh, just cleared it with him that I'm not going to be arrested. This is our legal advisor. Every chance I might be shot or just gunned down outside the studio here. Right. So, okay. um, that wouldn't anyway, be ideal. I'm just going to talk to you about... A couple of blokes, well, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's 11 of them, in fact. But you're going to make 11 enemies. Um, well, all at once, <laughs> yes. Um, now, I would these, strongly advise no names, no pictures. No, there's absolutely no names. But these are a bunch of blokes that um, unfortunately found themselves being incarcerated right. um, at the governor's pleasure. Yes. Um, and some, you know, quite a few years ago. They've all got one thing in common. Mm. Mm. They're not terribly nice people. Right. And they're all about to get out. Right. <laughs> all, almost all at once. Well, I'm looking forward to their contribution to society. Let me hear, let, let me share with you why they went in oh, God, to begin great. with. Yes. Um, old mate number one. Yeah. Uh, convicted of directing and being a member of a terrorist group. Uh, he served 15 years jail plus another three years under a continued de uh, detention order. Uh, governors believe to have cancelled his visa on character grounds. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming out just before Christmas. Terrific. Welcome, right. welcome back just to society. Just, just, um, old mate number two, convicted of possessing a thing connected with a terrorist act. Right, right. A thing. A so thing. Yeah, a thing got him. Um, has served uh, his full... Four years and three months. Yes. Um, with an extra year for continuation detention order. He's, uh, he's coming out just in time for the um, grand final. Excellent. Yeah, yes. so Excellent September. News. We can expect him. Um, oh, mate, number three, convicted of preparing uh, for a terrorist act. Yes. Uh, he's done 17 of 18 years. Um, but his fate is uh, still split between uh, the Attorney General and the New South Wales Police Parole Board. Convicted and sentenced to both federal and state crimes. If uh, one refuses parole, it will cancel out the other one. Um, he's coming out, oh, poor bugger, July next year. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's Mrs. Got, Christmas. He's got, he's got, he's got have to make gravy for him. Yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, I'll make number four, uh, terrorist act. Done five years. He's coming out just in time for the spring carnival. Oh, nice. October. So it's lovely for him. Um, Old mate, uh, next one, uh, three years, five months, um, member of a terrorist group. He's coming out um, just in time for Thanksgiving in November. Yeah, so uh, welcome back to you, sir. Welcome back. Um, uh, Welcome back, Cotter. Yeah, so this one's a goodie. Uh, Terrorist act, seven years. Just in time for Chrissy as well. He can join the other old mate. Uh, oh, here's another one for Christmas. Uh, hostile activities. Um, so he went in for a little while. Three years for him. Oh, this is a good one. Um, what do you think you've got to do to get put away for 13 years and six months of an 18-year sentence? Um He's a bit old. He's not coming out till 2027. But what, what do you reckon he might have tried to do? Bad stuff. Agberg. Uh, convicted and uh, plotting uh, to blow up the MCG. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Don't let him um, get grand final anyway, tickets. Uh, no names, I'm telling you. Convicted of plotting. Uh, yeah, so. Oh, here's another one. Oh, it must have been his mate. Um, he, got, he got the same 13 years for the plotting to blow up the MCG. Oh, there were three of them. Uh, <laughs> this one was also 13 years. Um, 2027, yeah, they're all 22. They're all coming out the same day in four years' time. It's a tremendous day for the family, really. <laughs> <That's a terrific>. <laughs> tremendous <laughs> day. So, um, anyway, um, aren't we a better society for all those blokes coming back out, eh? Well, after all that, this is what I need. <sighs> I need a drink. <laughs> Has its oranges in. Oh, it's a grape. It is a grape <laughs> variety. It's very closely related to. It's part of the Cab Sav family. Ah, the, mm. the big boldy ones. Yes. Right. So originated in Bordeaux, right? Yep. Um, but now you'll find very little of it in, in Bordeaux as they concentrate on other aspects, Cab Merlot mainly. Yep. And now you'll find it in Chile. Chile. You'll find it in some of the parts of Italy. And Argentina, yep. and you'll also find it in South Africa. I had a particularly fetching one from Stellenbosch, which really? is near Cape Town, just they made, on the those, weekend. Those three or four countries that you just uh, mentioned, they make some spectacularly good wine. Spectacular wine. They? Spectacular yeah, wine. And I've had some wine from Chile, and it's very, been very, very nice. nice. Very optimal growing conditions. Yep. And yep. they've. Arid. And the government's invested, and they've got now people out from. Uh, Europe to mm. uh, to run their wine programs and um, and be their winemakers. So look out for it. It's it's often uh, blended with Cab Merlot or Cab Sav, Carmenere. Yeah. Um, so it's that medium-bodied sort of wine, lovely on the nose, um, very very good with, um, I'd say 
aged cheese, chocolate, those sorts of lamb things. Lamb chops? Yeah, I'd go, I'd go out with a lamb chop. Yep. So in, by way of homework uh, today, because yeah. I know you like your yeah, wine homework when I set it. Yeah. And mark it. <laughs> you mark it. <laughs> you can go to the big green guy. Yeah, big, yep. And you look for a Chilean in Il Casalero del Diablo. Right, mm. you'll find it. It's about twenty-five bucks. Yep. Won't break the bank. Yep. It's a Carmen Air, spelt C-A-R-M-E-N-E-R-E. You'll go and look for that. You'll find it to be smooth as a baby's bum. Really? Very delicate, lovely colour, smooth round tannins, not too tart. Just really gorgeous, velvety on the tongue and on the palate. So, right. if you don't like that, I don't know um, what you like, but. Um, it's a particularly lovely grape. Not a lot of people know about it. Mm. But as I say to everyone, don't go to the international section mm. and have a good look. Mm. And see if you can go and could find I, that one. Could I throw this at you? Um, question without notice. Um, uh, I, what I'm picturing in my head and sort of tasting on my, on my tongue, is it close to like a Malbec? It's not a million miles away from a Malbec, mm. which you'll find in Argentina yeah. mainly. Right. On the that's what I was I was trying on, to on the right hand side of the Andes, that's where you'll find Malbec. I was trying growing. to find its brother or sister. Well, Malbec is thinking. often blended with Merlot. Yes. So you'll get a similar yes. sort of. Um, you're in the right ballpark. Yeah. Okay. You I'm are. on the softer side. You're on the softer side of Cab Sav. Yep. With with a Carmenere, yep. if, yep. if if, yep. if you will. Yep. Often blend, blended with a Cab Sav or a Cabernet Franc. Yes. But um, go, and, go and find yourself a, one of those. That's your homework for this week. I've and made note to self. And that was Wine Time. Wine Time. And now it's time for... And what I wanted to talk to you do about today was Sangers. Sangers. Sandwiches. Right. Because there's a, a new place opened up in the city yes. that does... Well, you just couldn't think of this as, as being Sangers. They're Indonesian-oriented sandwiches. Indonesian sandwiches? Yeah. So the fillings, they've got yeah. a lovely brioche bun sort of concept going on, but they whack them with things like beef brisket rendang. Wow. How good would that now be? we're talking. Yeah. Which uh, the sandwiches got uh, beef bricks at rendang, sorry, a rendang sauce and a bit of American cheese. Wow. And lettuce. Yum. Yes. Charred pork. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, fat slices of chocopan, earth sweetie galan, we don't know what that is, pickled shallot and other bits of freshness and a black garlic umami. Fried chicken with... Bun- fat battens of crunchy kohlrabi, a bazinga sauce, bazinga. Uh, house-made <laughs> chilli, fried shallots, spring onion, yeah. tarragon and dill in a fluffy, soft potato roll. Fantastic. And I thought to myself, just when you think, you know, Sangers can't get interesting. Where, where is it? It's what? in Little Collins Street and it's Little called Wakop. Right. Apparently it's all the rage, they're queuing around the corner for it. It sounds like a, uh, a fancy uh, bar me. Yeah. Oh, they had aren't they, hey, aren't they a thing? Uh, how good are they? So I love Sangers. Um, yeah, no. And, a... and I thought, let's find out um, what people put in their sandwiches. Uh, so I referenced um, 
This was a survey done of um, mothers uh, or parents, sorry, who, um, what do they put in their kids' lunchbox these days? Yes, this will be interesting. Right. So yeah. uh, what, what is, was your preferred school lunchbox sandwich? Yes. Cheese Vegemite, and, cheese, 18%. Cheese and tomato I used to get. Peanut butter, 13%. Yes. Ham and cheese, 22%. The winner. Ah, no Nutella's? Uh, plain cheese, 5%. Yes. Devon and tomato sauce. Devon? 7%. That's oh, that cheap okay. processed meat with tomato sauce. Egg, 13%. Yes. Chicken, 16 Cheese, lettuce, tomato, 12%. Wow. And a salad sandwich, 14%. What about um, curried egg? Well, the most interesting um, sandwich fillage, or the more unconventional, as uh, I said. Now we're talking. Uh, Come these on. are the ones you'll like. These are the ones I want to dance through. What would, I, what would you say if I served up peanut butter and beetroot? Individually fantastic. <sighs> together, not so much. Not so much together. Carrot and cheese? Yeah. I could, have, I could sort of... I could go cream cheese with shredded carrot, I okay, guess. Okay. Cheese and pineapple? No, no, no. A spaghetti sandwich? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah I'll, I'll tell you what, I've had those, that Heinz spaghetti jaffle. Oh, have you? They're good. They're good. Sultanas and honey. Why not? It sounds yeah, like yeah. a cheese board in, yeah, in between. Yeah, two. yeah no, I, that, that'll be okay, I reckon. Ham and pineapple. Yeah. 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 Sardine and tomato paste with sliced tomato, yes, yum, yes, and bang. Yes, yes, yes. Would have yes. that every day of the week. So yeah, there you go. I eat, I, I eat a lot of sardines. I reckon I eat five tins of sardines. That's why you're looking so well. Is it? Yes, that's why you're looking so well. <laughs> five, I do. I eat five so, tins of sardines. And just to finish this off, this little segment, well, I know you have a couple of things you want to talk about. I do. Soup and pizza. But I do. The dish that was crowned the most Australian dish <laughs> were two. A Vegemite sandwich. Yes. Yeah, and a sausage and onion inbred with tomato sauce. Okay. I was almost going to go pie and chips. That's probably going to be up there. <laughs> well, so um, there you go. Well, so you've, got, you've got something we, about... Well, you um, were talking exotic there yeah, about that, a little the, bit. the Thai brisket. You can which call is ham and cheese exotic. Mate, I'll tell you what, I'm going to drown here in a minute because I'm <laughs> dribbling at the thought of that, that Thai brisket. Beef rendang. There's a lovely lady somewhere in the world from sort of West Africa... Uh, she's a chef, Hilda Barchi. Uh, really loves Hibachi. Oh, <laughs> Hilda Barchi. Hilda Barchi. Yeah. Um, uh, she really loves igusi soup. What's igusi uh, soup? Oh, well, I'm I'm going to try and explain it okay. to you. Um, she wants the world to share her passion for the nutty Nigerian broth um, with igusi seeds. Goosey. So much so that she cooked for four days straight. Four days. <laughs> Never sitting for 100 hours and 40 minutes to set a new world uh, endurance record. Does this take a lot of stirring, this well, soup? I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what, she's either that or she's standing, well, she's, on, standing on these agoosey seeds and busting them up with her feet. Making them, making them um, for a whole village. Even with all the exercise and all the gym work, <laughs> she said it was incredibly difficult. 
At, uh, at a point, my feet doubled in size. Ooh, swollen. <laughs> but it was worth it, she said, because I want Nigerian recipes to be propagated across the world. I want to be able to make... I want to be able to walk into any supermarket in America and find Nigerian ingredients. Oh, chicken only dream. Um, given the West African street stall favourite often contains cow skin and dried fish, there's a lot of work to be done. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't read the last line before I got to this article. I'm thinking, oh, these are goosey scenes. They must be marvellous. With cow skin and dried fish. All, all put into a milkshake. <laughs> oh, just don't they have a US Food and Drug Administration? Oh, tell you what, thing now that... I'm going to bath. <laughs> I'm not a... Good luck with your goosey, love. <laughs> That's got no hope. Um, now, there's a new, uh, there's, uh, there is a new craze going on around the world. Uh, there's a new ger- generation of pizza makers. Yeah. Um, which you wouldn't think... A lot of people have a pizza thing in their backyard. Well, I guess they do these days. So, um, anyway, uh, there's a generation of pizza makers who have um, risen up <laughs> in the city that runs on pizza and now taking it by storm. They are not the proprietors of pizza parlours. Instead, they travel across New York with small propane-powered ovens or electric ones, setting up a shop in breweries and bars and drawing crowds. Excellent. So, pizza on the run. Pizza on the run. Um, it's like... A big craze, said Gordon Parolo. Uh, Parola, 35, uh, perched on a stool in a brewery in Queens, finishing a pizza margarita cooked by Natalie Di Sabato, whose operation trays was turned into square pies from two small electric ovens. So there's these little things, uh, gas or wood pellet powered models made by Uni and Gosney. An electric one called Breville Pizzale, Piazzalo, um, as used by Di Bassato, have powered the latest phase in uh, pizza history. A small, portable, relatively cheap, and can burn as hot as a restaurant pizza oven. Excellent. Let's go and get one. So- we've got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, toot toot, I can hear them outside now. Let's go. S- listening to Smoking Guns. You are. See ya. See ya. Bye-bye.